0: Good morning. Welcome to today's live and interactive Telephone Town Hall about refocusing Alberta's mental health care system. My name is Colin Taves, and today I am joined by Dan Williams, Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Evan Romano, Deputy Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Carrie Bales, Chief Program Officer, Provincial he- Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, Doctor Nick Mitchell, Provincial Director sorry, Provincial Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health at AHS and Dr. Nathaniel Day, Medical Director of Addiction Medicine at AHS. Before we start, before we hear from our speakers, let me start by explaining how this town hall will work. Right now, mental health and addiction service providers are connecting to the call, and soon, you'll have a chance to join the conversation. You can get in line to ask a question or provide a comment directly to Minister Williams or any of our guests at any time by pressing star three on your phone. You'll be connected to an operator. If you don't feel comfortable sharing your comments or your question live, you could tell the operator that you'd like to have the moderator read it for you. If you're listening through the online portal this morning, you can also submit questions via the online portal. We hope to use this time to have a two-way conversation about refocusing Alberta's healthcare system, specifically the mental health and addiction system. We want to hear any questions or feedback that you may have. Now, I would like to welcome Dan Williams, Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, as well as Carrie Bales, Chief Program Officer, Provincial Addiction
1: and Mental Health at AHS, to share a few opening remarks. Well, thank you, Colin, and good morning to everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I'm happy to have this chance over the next hour to chat with you. I'm going to start with some opening comments to give you a sense of of where we're coming from the government and and how i see this as the minister responsible for delivering mental health and addiction services to albertans often through the services that you guys provide directly to albertans and then we're going to hear from uh carrie bales who's leading our transition here uh, and is the uh, chief program officer within uh, ahs currently for uh, mental health and addiction And we have a few other folks here, as Colin mentioned, that'll be able to walk us through the answers as well, as you get a chance to give us some questions, some of which have already been submitted online. And anyone who's joined and is interested in asking questions, feel free to press star three and you're able to ask your questions um, directly in live to us here here today. So, um, as you know, Alberta's taken steps on refocusing our provincial healthcare system and includes a renewed focus on our file around mental health and addiction know significant steps have been taken to strengthen supports on this file, but challenges still exist, and we're gonna to have to work together to overcome them. As the Valley partners providing services in communities across our province. This is something we all know very, very well. Refocusing the healthcare system to expand on work built uh, is gonna help us deliver the Alberta recovery model to every single Albertan. The next step of establishing a strong system focuses on recovery and mental health and addiction. We know we need to do more to receive, for every Albertan to be able to receive high quality recovery-oriented care, wherever they need it, whenever they need it, no matter who they are in every corner of the province. As part of the Provincial Refocusing Initiative, my ministry in mental health and addiction will take on new role of overseeing funding and services delivery of all mental health and addiction services directly, a role previously held by the Minister of of Health. I think you'll agree that completely shifting oversight mental health and addiction system to the ministry responsible for this makes sense and allow our government to work more closely with the new provincial mental health and addiction organization that will be established. We're not going to have AHS doing mental health and addiction off the side of the desk. It will now be a purpose-built organization focused on delivering the absolute best and highest quality of care to every single Albertan. The new organization will be responsible for delivering mental health and addiction services that AHS currently delivers. This will also allow us to work more closely with you nonprofits, charitable organizations, and all the third-party providers that provide critical mental health and addiction services and care to Albertans. My ministry will take on a greater role in providing the system oversight as well, including service planning, capital planning for mental health and addiction services. These changes are necessary so that we can focus directly on improving mental health and addiction care for Albertans, and make it the best jurisdiction in the world when it comes to recovery from a mental health challenge or an addiction. We're committing to supporting every single Albertan struggling wherever they are in their life to get the services that they need. Just a few years ago, we didn't have a Minister of Mental Health and Addiction. And now we have a full minister uh, with this breakout organization as we do the refocusing. And it is going to help us be able to focus directly on the interests of Albertans, when it comes to addressing these challenges in their lives. As we move forward, the new provincial mental health and addiction organization, Kerry Bales, who's with me here today, is the current chief program officer for provincial mental health and addiction at AHS. He's going to lead our transition towards the new mental health and addiction organization. In addition, Dr. Nick Mitchell, the provincial medical director of addiction and mental health, and Dr. Nathaniel Day, The Director of Addiction Medicine at AHS will be key members of the transition team. I'm also glad to have them both here with me to answer our questions. Their extensive knowledge and experience will be instrumental in guiding the work that we're going to do together to establish this new organization by mid-2024, which is coming up very soon. So we have our work cut out for us, but it presents a huge opportunity for us as a province to be able to focus on the needs of Albertans surrounding mental health and addiction. As we go forward, our vision remains the same. Anyone suffering from the deadly disease of addiction or suffering with a mental health challenge deserves an opportunity to pursue recovery and deserves the absolute world best service available. I know you share the same goal as me. As providers, I'm so grateful to have you working in lockstep with our government, helping out Albertans every single day. You do not hear it often enough from the minister, but you should hear it outright from me right now that I'm incredibly proud and grateful for the work that each of you do in your organizations. And I know that together, we're going to be able to create a system that serves Albertans even better yet. So with that, I'll turn it back. I'll turn it over to Kerry for some opening comments from his side. Uh, Thank you,
2: Minister Williams. Uh, Very much appreciate your opening comments and uh, thank you for having us here today. Uh, as the minister said, uh, my name is Kerry Bales. I'm the Chief Program Officer for Mental Health and Addiction Services with Alberta Health Services. Uh, on behalf of Dr. Mitchell, Dr. Day, and myself, i just like to echo uh, the comments that you've outlined around the work to be done around the refocusing of the healthcare system in Alberta and emphasize that it very much creates an opportunity for us to build on the strong foundation of partnerships um, with all of you as fellow service providers um, in this province. It's for that very reason that we're participating in this engagement session today. Um, Hearing from all of you as to what needs to be done is key to looking at how do we build the best possible system going forward. Uh, We're excited to help lead the AHS transition, planning over the next several months. And as we move forward towards the creation of a new provincial addiction and mental health organization, we're very eager to hear your comments, questions and advice. Um, So looking forward to seeing what uh, everybody has to bring forward today. Thank you.
0: Thank you to Minister Williams and Kerry Bales for their opening remarks. For those of you who may have
2: just connected,
0: welcome to today's telephone town hall about refocusing Alberta's mental health and addiction system. If you would like to join the conversation and ask your questions to Minister Williams right now or at any time during the town hall, please press star three on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. For those of you listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal. Joining us today are Dan Williams, Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Evan Romano, Deputy Minister of Mental Health and Addiction, Harry Bales, Chief Program Officer, Provincial Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, Dr. Nick Mitchell, Provincial Medical Director of Addiction and Mental Health at AHS, and Dr. Nathaniel Day, Medical Director of Addiction and Medicine at AHS. Now, Let's get to our first question. We have an online question from Paige at the Mustard Seed. Do you plan to set up more detox places due to the lack of current availability? Clients are desperately trying to get into detox but are having a hard time with weight extended periods of time leading to relapse. When do they come back? When they, sorry, when they do come back, we have to start from scratch again. And Minister, I'll ask you to answer that question.
1: Thank you, Paige. Thank you for the work you're doing at Mustard Seed. Thank you for everyone at Mustard Seed for the work they're doing. Uh, It's important work. And I know that you guys on the front lines want to see the best outcomes for everyone who goes through your doors. So when you get them into detox, we want to see that continue on a journey towards recovery. Uh, We know that after approximately three months, four months of treatment, we see brain chemistry meaningfully changing and, and, and a very serious amount of healing happening. We know that when someone reaches a year and a half to two years of living uh, in recovery that we see the numbers skyrocket in terms of the likelihood of them continuing to stay in recovery. So detox is an important first step. We don't want to see recidivism. We don't want to see people going back again uh, and starting, as you said, um, from square square one. So I agree, yes, we need to increase that capacity. Now, we've done a lot of work already. We've increased capacity Um, Since 2019, when we got in by 10,000 treatment beds, that includes, to be fair, largely detox. But we can't let detox or any part in the continuum of care be that bottleneck that sends people away or has them waiting. Because the opportunity for somebody who says yes to recovery and wants to turn their life uh, into one where they get to be healed from this deadly disease of addiction, it's so important. It's so short that time. So I want to increase that capacity. What this is going to allow me to do as we go through this refocusing is I'm going to have a much better understanding of our system right now. I'm going to have direct oversight over where it's going. I'm not interested in having um, us uh, as a government become the major provider directly for all of these. I think that many of the organizations we work with do terrific work. So I want to empower organizations like the ones we have right now across the province that run detox to continue and expand potentially their capacity so that we don't have a bottleneck. So we continue to see people flow smoothly through the continuum of care from detox into treatment into post recovery housing into a fulfilled life and recovery, hopefully for the rest of their life. So I agree with that. Um, I think it's a key part of our model is not seeing wait times and delays. And and I know it's a big task in front of us. Alberta's done a lot of good work there, but it's not enough. We need to do more. So um, I'll take that as uh, important feedback from folks on the ground that we need to redouble our efforts and making sure that we don't see anywhere in the continuum, including and especially detox, become a bottleneck and slow down that delivery.
0: Thank you, Paige, and uh, thank you, Minister Williams, for your comments. We do have uh, two very similar questions from Stacey and Darlene uh, for Minister Williams. Are current service providers going to lose funding? Do we need to reapply for contracts under the new organization?
1: Thank you both, Stacy and Darlene, for the question. And I'll tell you very clearly right now, no, you will not lose funding. Um, if anything, my hope is over the coming um, months and years to increase more capacity in the system. That's going to mean more beds, more support, more providers, uh, and overall a larger budget for my ministry. So through this, I expect to um, direct even more dollars to front lines. So I can tell you right now, no, you will not lose funding. um, But in terms of the, the structure of the contracts, I expect that to be business as usual. But what I'll do is I'll let Harry, who does a lot of that work as the Chief Program Officer, give you a bit of an understanding in terms of what's in front of us on that front. Yeah, thank you, Minister. It's uh, Carrie with
2: Alberta Health Services. I um, think you said Stacey and Darlene, so appreciate the question. Um, yeah, it's it's actually really quite a simple um, answer. Uh, current service agreements or contracts that are in place now um, will remain in place as we transition from... Um, AHS into the new mental health and addiction agency, um, this is going to be as seamless as it can possibly be. And there won't be any change as far as business arrangements between AHS and uh, the new agency as it comes into being. So um, you shouldn't have any challenges there at all. Uh, Thank you, Kerry. And uh, thank you, Minister
0: Williams, for your your comments there. Uh, if you would like to join the conversation live and ask your question from Minister Williams or any of our guests during the town hall, please press star 3 on your phone right now and you'll be entered into the queue. We do have a, an online question from Harold. In which ways will social workers be consulted on ensuring adequate access and interventions during, the, during and after the uh, disaggreg- disaggregation process? And I will ask uh,
1: Minister Williams to answer that call. Hi there. Thanks for the question. Um, the truth is that we're going to just be, this is the start of a long engagement that we're going to have here in the province of Alberta surrounding this. So um, whether it be social workers or any other um, stakeholders, partners, uh, whether it be organizations or individuals, I know I need to hear from you. I know that the future of a successful system requires us to be hearing from the frontline uh, who understands the nature of the, the problems that we deal with and the delivery of these services. So there will be more engagements like this one, um, and I'm taking this as an important reminder that we have to continue doing this as we build out this system. I want the best possible delivery for Albertans. I think I share that with every frontline service provider and individual who works in the space. If you want to have a direct say individual right now, you're welcome to go to the online survey, which is www.alberta.ca slash shape the way. And there you can give us your input and help us understand. And I'm happy to continue engaging all of the different partners that I partner with regularly in the ministry to make sure that I hear the interests and the concerns you have to create the best possible system to get recovery for every single elder. Thank you, Minister Williams, for those comments. Uh,
0: if you would like to join the conversation and ask your question directly to Minister Williams right now or at any time during the town hall, please press star 3. For our next question here, uh, we have Virginia from Houndmakers Lodge, who writes in:
1: "Is this a step towards privatization?"
0: And I'll ask Minister Williams to answer the question.
1: Thank you for the question, Virginia. No, this is not a question of privatization. We are going to continue with a universal access, single payer system, taxpayer-funded care that every Albertan has a right to access. It is a priority for us to make sure that we consider how this is going to better serve Albertans. Uh, and so there's, there's not a question of privatization here. But we have to understand too that our, our system right now has all sorts of non-government delivery and, and that is an asset for us. And the Poundmakers is a good example of that. Um, and I'm happy to continue working with Poundmakers. Uh, the vast majority when it comes to these low acuity um, a community-based programming that a lot of addiction and mental health prevention and even treatment is based on, it's going to continue to be partners with charitable organizations. It's going to continue to be partners with not-for-profit sector. Uh, and I think that that's a good thing, that it gives us a diversity in terms of our approach. Um, but I can tell you that this is going to continue to be uh, a system where we remove barriers. We don't increase barriers to access. It's going to be universal access and a single pair of publicly funded system. Thank you for that,
0: Minister Williams. Uh, and we do have a live question here uh, from Gary with the Canadian Mental Health Association in Edmonton. Gary, you're live with uh, Minister Williams.
3: Great. Thank you, Minister Williams. and. Uh, um, First of all, I'd just like to say I'm excited at the possibility of more consistency and access to and delivery of mental health uh, and and addiction uh, uh, treatment services uh, previously under AHS uh, for all Albertans uh, to be be able to access them wherever they live. And as important as as these services are uh for addi- uh, addiction recovery and mental wellness uh people need uh strong non clinical supports in their in their communities like peer support family support wellness education prevention training and more right now we have a patchwork with some supports available in some places and frankly none available in others uh, how will the ministry and the new organization uh work with uh, community providers like semitra and many others but most importantly, with people with lived experience or families in our communities to make sure that uh, we have those
1: uh, community-based supports available for, for all Albertans that's a terrific question. And it's some of the policy work that we need to do. It really is the impetus behind why we're doing this refocusing. The good news is, is that in the lead up to the refocusing announcement, we had already done a lot of work within AHS to provincialize the portfolio. This patchwork that you mentioned, it, it's consistent um, across um, the last 10, 15 years of the delivery of mental health and addiction services. Is that one zone or maybe even one community might have a particular program that's terrific, and other zones or other communities wouldn't. And so we as a province need to have a provincialized direction. We need to have a clear priority around mental health and addiction. We need to have um, best practices, the best possible evidence. We need to be working um, with experts and subject matter experts in the field to make sure that we know what direction we're going. But then at that point, we need to be able to turn around and engage local providers. So what we want to do is hit that sweet spot. On a policy perspective, I think when we had AHS, this huge organization, 126,000 people who understandably is focused around acute care delivery in crisis situations with emergent um, medical issues, uh, it ended up being that mental health and addiction, which is a different kind of medicine and a different treatment model, right? Uh, it, it was forgotten very often. It, it's it's more preventative in in nature. Uh, And it's much more community-based, much less acute, longer-term treatment. So what I want to do is create this standardized provincial direction we're going in so we don't see parts of our province missing out on access to those services. But I want to turn around then and embrace organizations like the ones we have on the call today to say, how are we going to partner in delivering this now that we know the direction we're going? So um, I might turn it over to Carrie uh to see if he has anything to add on that one but i appreciate the policy question i think it's exactly the heart of what we need to make sure we get right here that's why we're trying to listen to you now uh, as a community to understand where we need to go thank you minister
2: uh it's carrie with alberta health services uh gary wonderful to hear your voice i hope you're well my friend um and yeah i you know as you've outlined i think it's it's been a challenge uh you know, over the last, well, not just several years, but many years um, trying to look at what can we do to both bring some consistency and some provincialized approaches for models and trying to address some gaps in social determinants of health, which is really um, what you're identifying here. Um, In the work we've been doing for the last few months, we've tried to, um, you know, create the best opportunity to do some work through our consolidation within AHS but this next step into the development of a of an organization dedicated to the delivery of mental health and addiction services is going to allow us to take that even further and i think what's going to be exciting about this is that you know as we move into the new organization towards the spring it'll provide a really good launching point for us to be having some conversations around what it is the role that we can all partner on in trying to look at development of localized community capacity building. Um, Quite honestly, AHS has not been, and into the future, we would like to figure out how to do this better, um, the best partner from a community service delivery perspective. And we're not even always best positioned to do that work. So I think it's an exciting opportunity for us to look at how do we actually change the way things have been done in the past and. The goal here wouldn't be to say that everything is going to be identical or paint by number in every area across the province we want to have um adaptability we want to be able to have services meeting local needs in ways that local communities have uh unique capacity um, but we do want to look at how can we leverage a provincial system to provide better supports in local communities and you as you know many on the call would know that better as or as well as any of us here answering questions. So I really appreciate that.
4: Oh, perhaps just pile on. This is Evan Romano and Gary, thanks for the question. But just to underline and flipping your question from a user experience, a patient experience, a citizen experience, looking at platforms like 2 one mental health helplines, it's about actually creating that system so it's easy. There's no wrong door. for for citizens to access services. And so what this this structure that the minister and Kerry outlined, it's actually directly creating that gateway uh, into a whole host of services, but in a very streamlined and easily accessible way. And so it's about bringing the system around the person rather than a, a person having to bounce around a bunch of siloed, different elements that, to your very early comment, it is not done in a coordinated way. It's a, it's a patchwork. This is bringing that dedicated oversight and focus, but really uh, focused on the individual uh, ability to, to access those services.
0: Thank you, Gary, for your question, and uh, thank you to the panel for those wonderful responses. If you'd like to join the conversation and ask your question directly to Minister Williams right now or at any time during the town hall, please press Star 3 on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. For those of you listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal. We do have another live caller uh, in Lily from St. Paul. Lily, your line is open. Go ahead.
5: Hi. Um, my question has mostly been answered, but ironically, I was having my question screened when it was. So just going back to contract services, um, I heard Carrie's answer, but if I could hear again from Dan Williams about um the contracts that are in place with ahs
1: thanks lily and we know that it was answered earlier but we know some folks are joining later and it is an important one to make abundantly clear so i'm happy to reiterate that contracts will continue there's not going to be a cut or reduction in funding uh, and they don't need to be renegotiated carrie any more clarity you can add to that for lily yeah, no uh, no cuts,
2: no changes, and they would be continuity as they transition from AHS into the new agencies. So there would be no need for any new applications or anything of that nature.
4: And just to add again from the ministry side, I think there's an interest. So many organizations have multiple contracts with different government departments, with Alberta Health Services, multiple within Alberta Health Services. We actually want to streamline that so it's easier for organizations cutting the red tape and the bureaucracy and reporting We absolutely want to make it easier so it is a system that is interacting with partners in the system uh, and all of you uh, actually spending time on service delivery rather than reporting. So that's that's an effort behind the scenes as well to, to really streamline that process.
0: Thank you for your question and thank you for your response. If you'd like to join the conversation and ask your questions to Minister Williams live right now or at any time during the town hall, please press... Star 3 on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. For those of you listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal. Uh, We do have a question here from Paige with the mustard seed. Uh, Is Calgary planning on keeping the safe consumption site? What is the consensus on harm reduction moving forward? And I'll ask Minister Williams to start.
1: Thanks, Paige, for the question. Uh, Alberta's recovery model has a whole continuity of of different services, and wherever someone is in those services, I want to bring them to recovery. The sad um, but very stark truth is when it comes to the deadly disease of addiction, the only two ends or outcomes are either um, recovery through treatment and individuals getting a second lease on life, the ability to be brothers and daughters and family members and community members again, or the alternative is death. Um, And as we all know, sadly, uh, addiction leads to death all too frequently. So I believe we have a moral obligation to get as many people into our recovery-oriented system of care as possible. And in that system, in that continuity of care, there's a whole variety of different tools in our toolkit. Uh, And some people call them harm reduction. um, Some people uh, don't. I'll tell you, I'm not ideological about this. I'm practical of good people into recovery. So whether you're talking about Doors app, as you guys know, whether you're talking about uh, a needle cleanup exchange program, or you're talking about a virtual opioid dependency program, which Alberta um, using uh, evidence-based uh, opioid medication treatment, such as Suboxone, et cetera, uh, has pioneered. And is the only jurisdiction in the world to have same day access, immediate, no wait list Um, opioid agonist therapy. Some people call that harm reduction. I just call it the ability to get people out of their addiction and moving towards recovery. The same is true for drug consumption sites is that they are in our system uh, and they will continue to be um, for the foreseeable future. I don't think anybody believes that drug consumption sites in every street corner will solve this problem because we need to get them into recovery. Recovery communities that are abundant Uh, without wait lists and ability to move people directly uh, through and into recovery and treatment is the goal we want to get to and every part of our system needs to lead towards that and so that's my priority as a minister and it's the path that we're going to continue to move down as a government
0: thank you for those comments mr williams Uh, we do have a live caller here from javier with the Northeast Addiction and Mental Health Center. Javier, you're live with Minister Williams.
6: Oh, hi, Minister uh, uh, and everyone. Thank you so much. My name is uh, Dr. Javier Singil. I'm calling from uh, Northeast Addiction and Mental Health Center for Obstetric Recovery. I I just wanted to... uh, uh, one comment and one question. I I just wanted to comment that I really appreciate uh, the direction, uh, the recovery direction uh, that uh, the government is taking addiction mental health, and the renewed focus on addiction mental health. As a trauma therapist, as an addiction medicine doctor, I I, I think that this is really, very important. Uh, journeys, recovery communities help people heal. And, and so I think it's really, really uh, great. Uh, my agency, uh, we for the last five years, we serve non-English speakers with a focus on South Asians. South Asians represent almost a 100, 150,000 people in and there are no focused services in Alberta other than ours that serve this demographic. We have a, uh, some sort of living houses and facilities. But what we've really struggled with is operational funding with regards to serving this these communities. And unless you know, you can't just translate everything into English or into Punjabi or into into Urdu or any language, you have to there's a lot more to recovery than just uh, language proficiency, and so I, 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 I wanted to ask about the ministry's plan uh, and to, to, uh, or, or, or how the ministry intends to sort of look at non-English speakers and South Asians uh, uh, who are suffering at very large uh, large rates of, of addiction, especially in Alberta, uh, Calgary's northeast, uh, and, and in other parts of the community. Thank you so much.
1: Uh, Dr. Thank Gill, I'll, I'll start uh, if that's all right, just with high level, and then I'll turn it to Carrie. Thank you for your comments. I appreciate the work you're doing uh, in your community, making sure that folks get access to recovery. Um, part of the idea behind why we're doing the refocusing is that we can take full stock of all the different services offered across our entire government. Many of you have relationships with Children's Services, AHS, maybe directly with my department, with Community and Social Services. Um, I mean, some even with the Department of Agriculture um, uh, is one that has uh, services for mental health as well. So we want to take full stock of that. And we want to make sure we're streamlining access to these and understanding that there's a diversity of Albertans that need access to it. So um, I'm happy to take that away around the the difficulties you have around um, English as second language speakers or those perhaps who don't speak English at all in northeast Calgary and, and see what we can do to make sure that we're getting access to everyone possible when it comes to recovery, uh, and I'll turn it over to Carrie to speak in more detail.
2: Yeah, thanks for the question, Javier. I mean, as you indicated, that it's not always just about translation services. So the one comment that I was uh, going to make is that you know there is access, um, you know, currently through things like AHS translation services and others, and we do uh, try to do as much work as we can to be able to provide various tools and materials for communities and individuals to access to provide uh, those supports that you're indicating are, are so necessary um but i'm going to have dr mitchell speak a little bit about this as well because a big part of this is our our community uh partnerships as well with other agencies and, and folks that are serving these populations
7: yeah thanks so much for the question um you know as i think about um the the context that you're asking and i think it really highlights Um, the more holistic approach to recovery that we take when dealing with addictions. Um, And it's not just about translating medical resources or getting things into people's languages, but it's looking at reintegrating people into their community. And oftentimes that looks at integrating them into their cultural group and their cultural community. And that's where partnership with community organizations is so important. Because where we as the acute service delivery provider can um, offer those clinical services, it's those linkages into the community that our partnerships allow for that really help to facilitate recovery. And so the importance as you've highlighted is not just on getting information into the languages of the people we serve, but to help them as they reintegrate and navigate through their recovery process to reestablish those connections, their cultural identity, and re-engage in practices that are going to sustain their health. And so I think... Um, Whenever we have opportunities um, to create those linkages and, as Evan has uh, kind of mentioned, help folks to navigate through easy processes through the system, we need to be doing that uh, to enhance people's um, recovery journeys.
0: Thank you, Dr. Mitchell, uh, Carrie, and Minister Williams for your comments. We do have a, a question from the online portal here from Randy. As nonprofit, sorry, as a nonprofit partner, what changes should we expect in the near future? And I'll pass this question to Minister Williams.
1: Thanks for the question, Randy. Um, in the near future, you should expect things to continue on as normal. From your perspective, as one of our partners and your contracts and deliveries of the services, uh, this is early days, and we want to keep that continuity there. Uh, we're going to continue to keep you informed we can do it through town halls like this um, and of course your regular relationship with your your contract provider is going to continue on this isn't about um tipping over the apple cart this is about doing all we can so that we best understand the system so that we hear your feedback and we can focus on delivering those services in the most effective way possible for Albertans so uh the new model transition will likely take months um in early and mid 2024, we're going to be stood up now as a new organization, and we'll have to do a lot of work lead up to that, and then the legislative and the framework as well. And as we get through that, you're going to get more and more updates in terms of what it looks like. Um, But priority for me is continuity of delivery and seeing that you as partners are filled in along the way.
0: Thank you, Minister Williams, for that. Uh, If you would like to join the conversation now or at any point and ask your questions live to Minister Williams, please press star 3 on your phone and you will be entered into the queue. For those listening online, please enter your comment directly into the portal. We do have an online question that comes from Sandy. Frontline staff are supported by many roles that you probably don't consider uh, patient-facing, such as educators, clinical leads, and such. How will these positions be impacted? Frontline staff need support too. I'll ask Minister Williams to answer the question.
1: Thanks, Sandy, for the question. As we go through this process, the purpose of the refocusing is that we can use more and more of our dollars directed towards the delivery of services. We know coming through the last four years that the need for mental health and addiction services has skyrocketed. In many of our communities, in a low-acuity sense, it's a crisis with families and with children, and we know as well as we uh, live in our communities that addiction is even more prevalent now than ever before. So we can expect to see more and more services. The budget of this ministry and this department continue to grow, and that ends up being more contracts, more beds, more personnel, more frontline staff. That's the direction I'm heading, and that's, that's what we can expect to see and continue. Over the last four years, we went from effectively no ministry to an associate minister to a full minister, a new department, and now an entire health authority organized around mental health and addiction. If you're reading the tea leaves, you see that this is a priority for our government. It's a priority for Albertans. And what used to be a buzzword uh, around the term mental health, let's say a decade ago, has now become a substantive policy response with investments of hundreds of millions and now billions of dollars into it. So we're gonna continue in that direction. And I hope that gives you confidence to know that in the system, we're gonna see even more investment into mental health and addiction, especially frontline services.
0: Thank you for that comment, Mr. Williams. We have an anonymous question uh, from the online portal. You've mentioned multiple times that you're coming from a recovery and a treatment model. But what role will prevention and promotion play
1: in this new organization? I'll ask Minister Williams to please start. Well, that is a very important piece. Uh, I could not agree more that we, we cannot overlook prevention uh, into the question. Uh, we know that we have four pillars of the recovery model, prevention, intervention, treatment, and recovery supports. So it's in our very thinking. Uh, of course, we need to deal with recovery because those are um, that is the solution when the, the crisis becomes manifest in, in this detrimental way in individuals' lives. But I can only build a healthcare system so effective, uh, and I can only invest so many dollars in recovery. The number of people that would need that help if we're not doing prevention, if we don't have healthy families, if we don't have healthy community responses, if we don't have a culture of looking at mental health in a preventative way and looking at helping people understand the damaging, deadly disease of addiction so that people don't end up going down the route of addiction, then we're not going to do our job. So I need to make sure that it's the very center and heart of it. And to be fair, I'm I'm happy to to work with each of you in your advice on how we can do that better. Uh, I understand that I'm not the subject matter expert in this, and no jurisdiction has cracked this yet. Everyone is looking for the way to best address around prevention to make sure that we use those dollars as effectively as possible. And we've increased funding um, for youth mental health and can can continue to be a priority. A lot of that is is treatment, of course, um, but we need to really seriously consider how we as a province address the question of reducing demand for our services. So I'd love to see a world in which we don't need to have Um, expanded services, mental health addiction, because everyone uh, is getting preventative access to services. We know that that's a lofty ambition, but it should be a part of how we organize ourselves as working toward prevention.
0: Thank you, Minister Williams, for those comments. Uh, If you'd like to join the conversation and ask your question to Minister Williams right now or any of our guests at any time during the town hall, please press star three on your phone and you'll be entered into the queue. We do have a live question from Victoria at the University of Calgary. Victoria, you're live,
5: please go ahead. Hi, can you hear me? Thank we you. Minister- okay, thank you, uh, Minister Williams. And I just wanted to start by saying that um, I'm- really appreciative of the work that the government has done in terms of putting all pathways of recovery on the map and really making this a priority. There's been a lot of great work done over the past few years. My question um, I think extends on what Gary was asking earlier around community-based supports. So we know that long-term recovery, sustained quality recovery happens in the is really key to that so my question is how do you plan on investing um, and working with other departments as well to ensure that we have recovery ready workplaces and places of study which is universities and colleges
1: Thank you, Victoria. I was about to laud an important program uh, being pioneered out of University of Calgary, that's on many of our campuses, called Recovery on Campus, but I think you might be familiar with it. Uh, Victoria, I believe this is Victoria Burns, who's also uh, one of the members on the Recovery Advisory Panel. Uh, so I'm grateful for you calling in for giving the feedback around not siloing between the different departments. Um, it, it is going to be a big task for us to make sure we're doing that. I have started to work with a number of different private industry actors as well, um, major employers within the province, and to be honest, across Western Canada, around um, best practices within their workplaces to try and make sure they understand the nature of recovery, what it is to integrate folks um, who are coming into the workplace from recovery, or if somebody does end up in addiction, um, the best practice to get them into treatment, uh, and having the industry step up also with capital dollars that they're investing. In their workforce, so I think that's that's a part of it in the private sector. But increasingly, I mean, when I look at the government of Alberta, I'm responsible for approximately 250 million dollars of operational funding. Um, AHS is in billions when it comes to mental health and addiction. So we're we're going through that expenditure review now to understand it. We have every department from uh, agriculture, children's services, um, innovation and tech all with their own mental health or addiction programming. So to coordinate that, to make sure that they're pulling in that same direction, to make sure that we are um, trying to facilitate, in practical terms, programming that helps people integrate into the workforce in recovery, helping the employers and the workforce understand what that means and how it can be a benefit to them is going to be a big task in front of us and part of a policy framework that I think... Not many other jurisdictions have started. Um, I'll turn it over to, um, I'm not sure, would uh, Carrie or, uh, sure, Evan uh, wanted to add a bit on that, too, in terms of what we can be doing to move forward on that?
4: Yeah, thanks. Uh, And from a Ministry of Mental Health uh, perspective, I think it's so key. Part of the focus with even establishing a standalone ministry is fundamentally, yes, it connects in with health programs, but it is, as as Victoria, you mentioned, it connects in with employers, it connects in with post-secondaries. This actually ties in with the question before about prevention. How do we actually build more of a coordinated system directly focused in the areas of mental health and addiction? Because it has been done off the side of the broader health desk, if, if you will, rather than actually being done connected in with the social determinants of health the, the elements that need to actually support somebody in recovery, in their, their broader well being. And and so I think that's a lot of the focus. I can tell you our ministry works with about eight other ministries on a I would say daily basis to, to do more of that coordination. But the focus refocusing and the, the focus that is coming with this drive and, and this change to have a concerted organisation uh in service delivery that the hs functions will will carry on but very much the ministry uh leading more of that uh planning and coordinating role with other ministries victoria it's to deal with those points you're talking about to think about employment structures it's thinking about prevention but in a coordinated systematic way rather than a patchwork of, of different programs and interventions Victoria
0: just a question do you have any feedback for us specifically
5: oh it's just um, uh, it was announced in the, in the the Biden government right around the recovery ready workforce and I think that uh, you know, something like that, and around campuses, and just the the, the feedback I've received around that initiative in the um, in the states is that there's no money behind it. So I think that this is where um, just having that oper- those operational dollars and investing in community-based organizations longer term, so that folks aren't constantly chasing the funding as well and have more time to actually work on programming but being supported is something that we really need to look at with the, the you know the government to really invest in that because i think that that's where a lot of there's so much burnout within these community organizations and turnover in the addiction sector because they're not funded properly right so I think just making sure that I mean it's exciting to see that this is there is gonna be I think more of a concerted effort and 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 funding going into this to see, so I am looking forward to that, but I think that often this happens where there's not dollars enough dollars behind it, so community organizations are competing with each other and not actually able to focus their energies on on their On their clients and and on themselves to make sure they can stay and be supported in the workplace.
1: thanks, Victoria. I'm happy to take that back um and look more closely at the uh, recovery ready workforce uh, that the states and the Biden White House have come up with. Uh, happily, we have a common friend now working at the White House with Dr. Humphreys, who's there uh, and has unfortunately stepped down as the chair of our uh, recovery advisory panel. But happy to take that away uh, and see how we can take the dollars that are there from different patchworks and put it into a more accessible and streamlined system surrounding this piece on, on the workforce. I'm happy to connect with you afterwards as well.
0: Thank you, Victoria. And thank you, Minister Williams and the rest of our panel for the discussion. We have an online question from Kelly. Uh, what is the timeline for the rollout of your system? What changes are coming and when? I'll ask Minister Williams to answer this question.
1: Okay, thanks, Kelly. Um, before we get to the timeline going forward, I think it's helpful to go through a bit of the timeline that got us here. Uh, and, and happily for us in the mental health and addiction side, we've done a lot of the work to get us to this point already. Um, we have really put the horse before the cart, and we've pulled our way into this and organized the provincial uh, provincialization of the delivery of these services within AHS already. So I, I might let First, Kelly, speak to what we've done to get us to this point, uh, whether it be through directives and organizations. It actually goes back more than a few months, and over the last two years of the of the work we've done. And then we can touch on what the next steps are going forward.
2: Thank you, Minister. Yeah, uh, it's Kerry with Alberta Health Services. Um, so the work that's been happening in this space has gone back almost two years now. Um, Work began about two years ago to look at doing a review of services within AHS to get an understanding of how we could have uh, better alignment and stronger alignment between the services we were providing in AHS and with ministry and ministry partners. Um, As a result of that work, about 18 months ago, there was a change made in AHS that um, allowed for a chair to be at the executive table reporting to the CEO at the time. Um, I just so happened to be the person that was in that chair, but it's the chair itself that was actually important. And the idea there was to make sure that mental health and addiction services had a key role in advising the work of AHS as a whole. Um, Since that time, quite a bit of work has been done around looking at what we can do from a a policy and service planning perspective. Most recently, uh, Minister Williams had provided a directive to AHS on August 3rd, actually asking that all services and service delivery within AHS be consolidated into a single uh, delivery unit within AHS. As many of you were probably aware, um, addiction and mental health services have been operated through the five zones within AHS. Um, As of October 23rd, that's now all being consolidated under one uh, team provincially operated with a consolidation of both planning and strategy so that we can operate as a single unit across the province. And now has been talked about today in some of the refocusing work that's going to happen. It positions us really quite well to be able to transition those services and those elements of service delivery into a new agency um, in relatively short order which uh, we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise um, if the pre-work hadn't been happening
1: over the last couple of years. Thanks, Kerry. And so the reason I wanted to do that background first, because it helps us understand maybe you weren't always following the mechanics going on behind the scenes within the ministry, the department, and AHS. A lot of what we're trying to do has already been done in terms of that provincialization and creating a common way across the province of looking at from a policy perspective and a planning perspective, mental health and addiction services. Um, but there are more steps to come yet. And I'll let Evan Romano, the Deputy Minister in the Department, walk you through the, what you can see in, in the short and long-term future. Thanks. So there's absolute
4: stability and things are not changing overnight. But over the next couple months and leading into spring of 2024, so about six months from now, Uh, That's when two new organizations will be launched. Now, it needs to go through legislation. That's the structure for establishing the current uh, AHS uh, under the Regional Health Authority Act. But continuing care and mental health and addiction in the springtime Are the first two organizations again to have that dedicated focus there will be the back-end continuity for things like connect care and a lot of other shared services between those but those organizations with that dedicated focus that carrie uh, and the minister pointed to that really has already been established within the mental health addiction space they'll be first out of the gate followed in fall uh, of next year looking at the primary and acute parts of the system. Again, so really done in a sequential, methodical way with a lot of the back uh, end coordination to make sure that the connections for patients between these different dedicated areas of focus are not being bounced between siloed areas. There is great degree of uh, continuity and connectivity uh, on the back end, but with that greater line of sight and focus in these priority areas.
0: Thank you Kelly for your question and thank you to our guests and Minister Williams for your answers. We do have about 10 minutes left in our telephone town hall so we're going to try and get to as many questions as possible. We have a live caller from Edmonton. Francesco, you're live. Please go ahead.
1: Good morning uh, Minister Williams and uh, others. Thanks for the opportunity to participate. My name is Francesco Mosaico. I'm a physician and the medical director at Radius Health downtown Edmonton. Uh, One of my questions uh, is what efforts or what plans are being made to address the historical and current cultural and social considerations that Indigenous individuals experience uh, as these mental health and addiction services are being realigned, uh, including the Compassionate Intervention Act? Okay, thanks, Francesco, for the, for the question. Uh, and I'll say that we all recognize that Indigenous communities have been disproportionately affected by the deadly disease of addiction. And that has been incredibly painful for those local communities. And any of us that work with them, who know them, know that the close and tight-knit fabric of an Indigenous community has been deeply affected as we go through this crisis, on reserve and off, off reserve. And the Alberta government has taken a very practical approach and said that we are partnering with Alberta Indigenous communities. We are going to go as far as putting capital dollars and our money where our mouth is and building on-reserve recovery treatment communities as communities like the Blood Tribe, Enoch, um, uh, along with a number of others. And so we're going to continue down that plane of talking with them, partnering directly with them, and not imposing, but proposing the solutions together with our Indigenous partners. And I think that cultural shift of how we've approached that is is permeating the way that we approach this entire question. And those facilities we're looking at, for an example, are going to be culturally sensitive and led by Indigenous programming. Because we know recovery is a deeply personal and intimate thing, and your culture and your heritage is going to be inextricably a part of what that healthy, recovered lifestyle looks like. So we know we're putting that forward. Uh, And so we have more work to do. Uh, We partnered closely with a number of communities, especially when it came to talking about the idea of compassion intervention. Chief Crowfoot um, is uh, chief of one of the communities in southern Alberta that has been really, really, really disproportionately affected. And he had some really strong words to say about the importance of programming like the recovery communities and also programming like compassion intervention. So as we move forward with that, as you mentioned that at the end, I'm going to be taking a very, very keen interest in working with those partners directly, making sure that Indigenous communities are deeply involved and integrated into the framing of that and knowing that we need to be very culturally sensitive because it's not going to be led fundamentally um, the process of intervention um, by governments, going to be led by Indigenous communities. I think that is the, the best outcome for those communities. And they understand very, very well the importance of recovery because they know very, very tragically that it ends up being recovery or death in their communities. So they are all in. When I talk to them, every Indigenous community I speak to says, please help us get recovery. And that plea is a moral one. And that makes it an obligation we have to deliver it. But I'll I'll turn it over to Dr. Mitchell to talk a bit more as well about some of that engagement. Hi,
7: Dr. Moseko. It's uh, uh, Dr. Nick Mitchell with Alberta Health Services. I just appreciate you raising um, this issue as uh, Minister Williams has identified. We recognize the disproportionate impact on our First Nations communities um, related to the um, uh, impact of mental illness and uh, the addictions crisis. Uh, We're committed, as we said, this new organization to uh, continue to focus on partnerships with, uh, with our First Nations partners um, to help to coordinate service delivery um, in a way that's culturally sensitive and addresses some of the historical and cultural trauma which uh, continues to uh, impact the way that individuals um, present and experience care in the system but also um, impacts their recovery journey. And so we we recognize that need, we're committed to uh, making a priority in in partnering with Indigenous uh, and First Nations communities um, and and hearing the voice of our our First Nations partners uh, in how we deliver service. Uh, One of the opportunities that we have uh, as a provincial organization is to look at where there are uh, needs that aren't being met. And we recognize that both with our urban First Nations uh, uh, individuals, but also uh, on reserve First Nations individuals, um, there are uh, care needs. And so we can look at innovation, uh, innovative solutions in how we can reach out to those uh, individuals, whether that be uh, partnering for um, in-person services that are culturally sensitive and culturally informed, um, or whether it's looking at uh, opportunities to use uh, technology and virtual services to reach communities where um, we've had uh, difficulty uh, getting there in person. Um, but uh, this remains an important issue, and I appreciate you uh, bringing it to our attention. Thank
0: you, Dr. Mitchell, and. Uh, Thank you to our guests and Minister Williams for your comments. We have a, a several questions around the same theme, uh, but I'll, we'll choose Chair, uh, sorry, Terry's question to be read out loud. Uh, will AHS staff lose jobs with these changes? Will they be contracting out? I will ask Minister Williams to take the lead.
1: No, the the intention isn't to turn AHS um, into contracting out. The intention is to say that there will continue to be partnership with this new mental health and addiction organization to be a key pillar of delivery of a number of different services. We as a government know that there is value in having um, third-party partners delivering services. Of course there are. And many of those who deliver the services now can attest to that. And we see great results out of those third-party organizations, charitable organizations, and not-for-profits. But we also see terrific work being done by AHS and the legacy body that will turn into this mental health and addiction organization, and that's going to need to continue. Whether you're talking about drug consumption sites, you're talking about a virtual opioid dependency program or NTS, uh, the list goes on and on that these sorts of services will continue. And We have an interest in the province of making sure that we have a publicly funded um, crown corporation or agency or however we end up setting it up that directly relates to government uh, deliver many of these services. So I can tell you now that, yes, we're going to be expanding our delivery of services and especially with outside partners. That's going to be there. But we obviously will need to continue working with the, the new mental health addiction organization that currently delivers AHS programming. And that is gonna be a key pillar of this government as we go forward in addressing mental health and addiction crises in Albertans lives. Thank you, Minister Williams. And
0: for our last caller of the morning, we have Ian with Building Trades of Alberta. Ian, you're live, please go ahead.
8: Thanks very much. And uh, thank you, Minister Williams and your team for the, the funding and support you've given the Building Trades of Alberta. I'm Ian Robb, the chairman. Uh, of the board and also the program director for the building resiliency program. Uh, one of the other callers, uh, Victoria, I believe, was talking about a recovery ready workforce and that. And, and our programs is working with recovery informed workplaces. We're training co- our contractors and everything how to deal with folks in recovery. We believe that supporting our workers and keeping them attached to their employer is paramount. So I guess it's not much of a question; it's, it's more of a thank you for the funding of that, and, and to be one of your partners in this. And uh, we're just hoping to see that this is going to continue. Um, and with this, with these changes, and with uh, you know the Alberta government and and uh, the ministry, we're we're really excited about that. But again, we want to thank you for that. We're we're bringing all kinds of new awareness to the work sites, representing 60,000 workers in the province. So thank you for that.
1: Thank you, Ian, and thank you for the work you're doing at the Building Trades of Alberta. Um, I know you are one of dozens of different providers that partner with the government in the work you do around mental health and addiction. And I I believe that we are building a system together. We've been doing it um, over the last four years. Um, And I'll be honest, before the government got there, many of you were already working in recovery. Many of you were already there, whether you're an Indigenous-based organization community-based recovery community, uh, whether you're in mental health, delivery of services, government's catching up to the great work that the community has already been doing. And I think that we have a huge opportunity here now as a province. When we're doing this refocusing, it really is a focusing now for me and being able to focus on mental health and addiction services. I know that without the work you do, I will not be able to lead you as the minister and lead this province towards the best possible services in the world for anyone suffering from mental health and addiction. I know that working together with your feedback, with your dedication is going to help us get there. For those who are concerned about next steps and moving forward, I want to reassure you that I'm deeply practical in the application of this refocusing. I want to see us have continuity. I want to see you feel comfortable and confident that there will be a future for mental health and addiction services in your organization in this government and in our province and so continue to work with me as i do that i i need all of you as partners i know that there is no mental health and addiction service without those providers who are here representing the call today and your colleagues that couldn't make it on so um, i'm looking forward to the next steps, I'm looking forward to having more calls like this to meeting these organizations and you as providers in person and creating a deep and lasting partnership with you for, uh, for an organization and a file on mental health addiction that each of you have a share in as well as I do. As Albertans, you want to see this work but also deeply intimately as those who labor every single day and you wear your hearts on your sleeves. I know it is important for you to see this system make a difference for you to see the work you do have consequence in Albertans lives. I want to empower you in that. And I know that the work that we're going to do together and refocusing the system will help me and allow me to better empower you in the work you do. So I want to thank you for taking the time today. Listening to the answers that we provided, hopefully we help to some degree. Know that this is only the first step and the latest in moving towards even more focus on mental health and addiction in our province and that there will be more conversations to come. And looking forward to having those conversations with you in person and through engagements like this in the coming months. Thank you very much and take care.